Good day, listeners. We're on episode 19 of You Got This. I hope everyone's doing well. If you're new, I appreciate having you here. And if you're a returning listener, I'm happy to have you back. Just to make sure everyone is up to speed. You Got This slash UGT is a podcast where we explore authentic living, seeing things from a higher perspective, and how to balance taking care of yourself and the world around you. The U stands for universe or universal consciousness. And of course, it's a play on the word you with a Y, but you have permission to make the you whatever you want it to be. I'm your host, Asia Smith, and I'm a leadership educator, life coach, and intuitive healer. That's not a replacement for therapy. On this podcast, we keep it real and we keep it light. It's for entertainment purposes only. So if you need it, please do what you got to do to keep yourself well, because it matters to me and it matters to the folks around you too. Alrighty, gonna try to breeze through the intro. All I'm gonna say is this is one of my favorite talks. It's about compassion and empathy and yeah, just for me when I, oh my gosh, already <laughs> stumbling. For me, when I heard this talk for the first time, I was incredibly inspired. So Anyway, let me tell you what you're actually going to be listening to. You'll be hearing from (laughs) Buddhist Roshi, Joan Halifax. And for anyone who doesn't know, Roshi is an honorary term in Buddhism. And it means old master or old teacher or senior teacher, like somebody who's been around a block. (laughs) You know, they're wise, uh, respected. They've earned their stripes. And Joan works with people in hospice and on death row. So in this talk, she shares what she's learned about compassion in the face of death and dying, which is a very real part of life, (laughs) as well as deep insight into the nature of empathy. In case it's helpful for anybody out there, empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. It's the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and see things from their perspective and not only see it, but honor that perspective. Yeah. And compassion is recognizing really the experience and even suffering, I guess you could say, of others. And then also, you know, being motivated to take action to help. So if somebody shows kindness and caring and a willingness to help others, then they're showing compassion. It means they're compassionate. Um, And according to Joan, and I wholeheartedly agree with this, compassion enlivens us it enhances us and we need to put just as much emphasis on education and training for emotional intelligence skills like compassion and empathy as we do for what we consider to be technical or money-making skills you know not to discount those (laughs) those are important too but you know it's all about balance um and beneath the surface something we share in common is that we're all human unless I don't know, maybe you're chilling with your pet listening to the show. But anyway, (laughs) let's dive in. Go ahead and get comfy, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Also, if you'd like, be sure to stay tuned for the energy reading after the sponsor message. Be safe and stay well. I want to address the issue of compassion. Compassion has many faces. Some of them are fierce, some of them are wrathful. Some of them are tender, some of them are wise. A line that the Dalai Lama once said, he said, love and compassion are necessities. They are not luxuries. 
Without them, humanity cannot survive. And I would suggest it is not only humanity that won't survive, but it is all species on the planet, as we've heard today. It is the big cats, and it's the plankton. Two weeks ago, I was in Bangalore, in India. I was so privileged to be able to teach in a hospice on the outskirts of Bangalore. And early in the morning, I went into the ward. In that hospice, there were 31 men and women who were actively dying. And I walked up to the bedside of an old woman who was breathing very rapidly, fragile, obviously in the latter phase of active dying. I looked into her face. I looked into the face of her son sitting next to her. And his face was just riven with grief and confusion. And I remembered uh, a line from the Mahabharata, the great Indian epic. What is the most wondrous thing in the world, Yudhistara? And Yudhistara replied, the most wondrous thing in the world is that all around us, people can be dying. And we don't realize it can happen to us. I looked up, tending those 31 dying people were young women from villages around Bangalore. I looked into the face of one of these women, and I saw in her face the strength that arises when natural compassion is really present. I watched her hands as she bathed an old man. My gaze went to another young woman as she wiped the face of another dying person. And it reminded me of something that I had just been present for. Every year or so, I have the privilege of taking clinicians into the Himalayas and the Tibetan Plateau. And we run clinics in these very remote regions where there's no medical care whatsoever. And in the first day at Simicode in uh, Humla, far western Nepal, the most impoverished region of Nepal, an old man came in clutching a bundle of rags. And he walked in, and somebody said something to him. We realized he was deaf. And we looked into the rags, and there was this pair of eyes. The rags were unwrapped from a little girl whose body was massively burned. Again. The eyes and hands of Avalokiteshvara. It was the young women, the health aides, who cleaned the wounds of this baby and dressed the, the wounds. I know those hands and eyes. They touched me as well. They touched me at that time. They have touched me throughout my 68 years. They touched me when I was four and I lost my eyesight and was partially paralyzed. And my family brought in a woman whose mother had been a slave to take care of me. And that woman did not have sentimental compassion. She had phenomenal strength. And it was really her strength, I believe, that became the kind of mudra or imprimatur that has been a guiding light in my life. So we can ask, 
what, what is compassion comprised of? And there are various facets, and there's you know, referential and non-referential compassion. But first, compassion is comprised of that capacity to see clearly into the nature of suffering. It is that ability to really stand strong and to recognize also that I'm not separate from this suffering. But that is not enough, because compassion, which activates the motor cortex, means that we aspire. We actually aspire to transform suffering. And if we're so blessed, we engage in activities that transform suffering. But compassion has another component, and that component is really essential. That component is that we cannot be attached to outcome. Now, I've worked with dying people for over 40 years. I had the privilege of working on death row and in maximum security for six years. And I realized so clearly in bringing my own life experience from working with dying people and training caregivers that any attachment to outcome would distort deeply my own capacity to be fully present to the whole catastrophe. And when I worked in the prison system, it was so clear to me, this, that many of us in this room, and almost all of the men that I worked with on death row, the seeds of their own compassion had never been watered. That compassion is actually an inherent human quality. It is there within every human being. But the conditions for compassion to be activated, to be aroused, are particular conditions. I had that condition to a certain extent from my own childhood illness. Eve Ensler, whom you'll hear later, has had that condition activated amazingly in her through the various waters of suffering that she has been through. And what is fascinating is that compassion has enemies. And those enemies are things like pity, moral outrage, fear. And you know, we have a society, a world, that is paralyzed by fear. And in that paralysis, of course, our capacity for compassion is also paralyzed. The very word terror is global. The very feeling of terror is global. So our work, in a certain way, is to address this imago, this kind of archetype that has pervaded the psyche of our entire globe. Now, we know from neuroscience that compassion has some very extraordinary qualities. For example, a person who is cultivating compassion, when they are in the presence of suffering, they feel that suffering a lot more than many other people do. However, they return to baseline a lot sooner. This is called resilience. Many of us think that compassion drains us, but I promise you, it is something that truly enlivens us. Another thing about compassion is that it really enhances what's called neural integration. It hooks up all parts of the brain. Another, which has been discovered by various researchers at Emory and at Davis and so on, is that compassion enhances our immune system. Hey. 
we live in a very noxious world. <laughs> Most of us are shrinking in the face of psychosocial and physical poisons, of the toxins of our world. But compassion, the generation of compassion, actually mobilizes our immunity. You know, if compassion is so good for us, I have a question. Why don't we train our children in compassion? If compassion is so good for us, why don't we train our healthcare providers in compassion so that they can do what they're supposed to do, which is to really transform suffering? And if compassion is so good for us, why don't we vote on compassion? Why don't we vote for people in our government based on compassion so that we can have a more caring world? In Buddhism, we say it takes a strong back and a soft front. It takes tremendous strength of the back to uphold yourself in the midst of conditions. And that is the mental quality of equanimity. But it also takes a soft front, the capacity to really be open to the world as it is, to have an undefended heart. And the archetype of this in Buddhism is Avalokiteshvara, Kuan Yin. It's a female archetype. She who perceives the cries of suffering in the world. She stands with 10,000 arms. And in every hand, there is an instrument of liberation. And in the palm of every hand, there are eyes. And these are the eyes of wisdom. I say that for thousands of years, women have lived exemplified, met in intimacy the archetype of Avalokiteshvara of Kuan Yin, she who perceives the cries of suffering in the world. Women have manifested for thousands of years the strength arising from compassion in, in an unfiltered, unmediated way in perceiving suffering as it is. They have infused societies with kindness. And we have really felt that as woman after woman has stood on this stage in the past day and a half. And they have actualized compassion through direct action. Jody Williams called it, it's good to meditate. I'm sorry, you gotta do a little bit of that, Jody. You know, step back, give your mother a break, okay? <laughs> But the other side of the equation is you've got to come out of your cave. You have to come into the world like a Sangha did who was looking to realize Maitreya Buddha after 12 years. You know, sitting in the cave, he said, I'm out of here. He's going down the path. He sees something in the path. He looks, it's a dog. He drops to his knees. He sees that the dog has this big wound on his leg. The wound is just filled with maggots. He puts out his tongue in order to remove the maggots so as not to harm them. And at that moment, the dog transformed into the Buddha of loving kindness. I believe that women and girls today have to partner in a powerful way with men. 
with their fathers, with their sons, with their brothers, with the plumbers, the road builders, the caregivers, the doctors, the lawyers, with our president, and with all beings. The women in this room are lotuses in a sea of fire. May we actualize that capacity for women everywhere. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Authentic Service Group, an organization empowering young adults to explore their potential and achieve success genuinely through virtual life and leadership coaching, community engagement, and networking events for emerging leaders in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area and beyond. For more information, visit AuthenticServiceGroup.org. No matter what life throws your way, you've got this. Hey folks, welcome to the energy reading for episode 19. Super grateful to have you here. Gentle reminder if this isn't your first time and a heads up if it is, these are general collective readings rather than being one-on-one. So it's possible what comes through may not apply to you and that's okay. That just means the guidance in this particular reading might be messages that someone else out there needs to hear and maybe the next one will be for you. You have permission to take what resonates from this reading and leave what doesn't. Before we get started, let's all just take a deep breath. Okay, (laughs) energy is all good on my end. If you need a minute to get everything set on your end, feel free to pause and do what you gotta do and come back when you're ready. I've already blessed and shuffled the card decks I'm using for our energy reading. So just a quick shout out to the artists before we get started. We've got the Universal Weight Tarot by A.E. Weight and Pamela Coleman-Smith. The Sun and Moon Tarot by Vanessa DeCourt. The Angels and Ancestors Oracle by Kyle Gray. The Daily Crystal Inspiration Oracle by Heather Eskenasi. And last but certainly not least, the Sacred Destiny Oracle by Denise Lynn. Let's see what's in the cards for us today. Okay, I'm going to kick us off with the Universal Tarot. If you're new, you're going to hear noise in the background, and that's me doing additional shuffling of the cards so we get random messages that fly out, and that is what we consider as guidance from spirit. So let's see what we get from the Universal Tarot. I'm open to, however many cards come out oh uh (laughs) hold on one moment um all right i'll take all five so (laughs) there's four cards on my table um but one on the floor so give me a moment (laughs) just gotta pick this one up cool okay so from the universal tarot we have Ooh, and these are all upright. We've got the Seven of Wands, the King of Swords, the King of Cups, 
and uh, we have Major Arcana. We have Temperance and Judgment. Ooh, okay. Um, all right, if you're new in tarot, we have Major Arcana and Minor Arcana, and Major Arcana is pretty much main characters, major themes that um, are in the tarot deck. And then we've got Minor Arcana, which is where you'll see wands, um, swords, cups, <laughs> all of which have, have come out here. Um, and then there's also, what are we missing? Pentacles. <laughs> um, and so when that happens in a tarot reading where there's a little bit of, of both, typically what you'll see is that the minor arcana become descriptors or clarifiers for these major arcana cards. And so, yeah, I'm going to focus on these first. Um, temperance and judgment. So with temperance, yeah, I mean, temperance is really about kind of being able to sort of not only go with the flow, um, but also uh, I think practice discipline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, being able to, I think, truly manage um, everything that might be going on in your life. You know what I mean? Um, and temperance can also represent compromise. Um, and I think that's actually the direction I'm, I'm kind of going to lean in a little bit more. And I, I'm feeling called to do that because of the judgment card being here. Um, having judgment and temperance, what this kind of tells me is, you know, maybe this resonates for you or somebody that you're thinking about. But there's definitely a major theme here of compromise because with the judgment card a lot of times that does have to do with some sort of um a conflict however it, it represents the conflict being resolved especially when the card is upright and so it it kind of does have to do with solutions resolutions um forgiveness or some sort of like justice if if you were wronged in some sort of way you know what i mean um and then again, with temperance and that balance um, and with it also meaning compromise, I think with this judgment card being here, it's like spirit saying like out of all those things that the temperance card means, <laughs> what we're focusing on for this reading is compromise, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And, I, you know, I also feel that way because we have the king of swords and the king of cups, especially with the king of cups, um, cups is water energy. And so that has to do with relationships, emotions, the king of cups. That's somebody who's who's a reliable, trustworthy um, uh, and from an emotional standpoint, just a really steady partner. Um yeah, yeah. And then with the King of Swords, I, I mean, this is another really strong card. This is, this indicates someone where from Swords energy, which is air. And so that's thoughts and mindset and communication, like somebody who's like real good, like in that department. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and someone who has great instincts, great common sense, great ideas, uh, and typically someone who has kind of like also, you could say high standards <laughs> in a sense. Um, and yeah, highly ethical. Um, it's interesting, though, because we have the Seven of Wands. And, and with the Seven of Wands card, this has actually come up uh, in previous readings on the show. But 
this typically indicates some sort of a battle. Uh, and with the artwork on the card, it shows a gentleman where out of his seven wands, he's holding one. And you can tell he's kind of on the defense for the other six wands. It's like, dang, like, why are they attacking him? Um, oh, you know what? Okay, here's what I'm getting from this, actually, now that I'm, you know, go, going through this a little bit more. I think there's some sort of a seven of wands situation going on here. And seven in numerology represents... Um, kind of like spiritual growth, development, introspection. Like it, it's one of those numbers that kind of has to do with universal consciousness or it's associated with that quite often. So having, and also having wands here being fire energy of like passion, motivation, like it, what I'm picking up on is, you know, whoever whoever's energy this is, there's some sort of a seven of wands situation that's kind of happening right now. Um, yeah, per, perhaps something that's got you fired up or that has to do with something that you're passionate about. There's some sort of, I think, kind of, yeah, there's some sort of kind of spiritual, you know, sort of it, reflection perhaps that's kind of going on with this. Um, and I think that's where the temperance and judgment card comes in with that compromise. And I also feel with the king of swords and the king of cups, um, it's almost like this represents like the utmost logic as well as the utmost emotion, <laughs> you know? Um, wow. And so I think that's also with the temperance card, if that resonates for you, it's like whoever we might be picking up on, it could be multiple people or an individual who's embodying this. Um, and if you're new, don't even pay attention to like the, the title as far as gender is concerned. It could be male, female, non-binary for these Kings <laughs> that we got here, you know? Um, so again, it could be multiple people, multiple energies here, or just one, uh, one person embodying both of these as far as the mind and, and the emotions so, or, or, or mind and heart. We could say with that temperance and maybe, yeah, oh, and there could be some sort of like balance. And um, again, with this judgment card, like, this, yeah, compromise. For some reason, I'm just feeling real um, drawn to like that compromise piece. Um, <laughs> yeah, compromise of the head and the heart. <laughs> um, and yeah, a lot of us can relate to that. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's very real. And you know what? <laughs> I also think it's really interesting um, with the episode, uh, how it focused on compassion and empathy. Um, yeah, not that, you know, either of those two need, you know, are, are in battle <laughs> against each other. But um, yeah, I think, again, just with that temperance and, and compassion and empathy and then just seeing these two really strong cards of King of Swords, King of Cups, it, it just made me think of that. Hopefully I didn't confuse anyone <laughs> by bringing that in. But again, um, I'm coming back to the Seven of Wands. I think, I think perhaps what this card is representing here is some sort of like ref reflection or spiritual growth that's kind of happening. And perhaps it's in the realm of this sort of kind of compromise of head and heart <laughs> thoughts and emotions. Um, as we keep going through the reading, we'll see if that, <laughs> that theory remains, but that's, that's what I'm picking up so far. 
I'm going to go with um, the Sun and Moon Tarot next. Oh, okay, just going to go with that one, and it flew on the floor, so <laughs> one moment. Ooh, oh, nice, we have the Empress, okay. <laughs> the Empress is, actually, you know what, I'm going to say it, yeah, I think this is my favorite card um, in tarot, uh, yeah, yeah. The Empress represents someone who is it's, it's someone who I, who really just embodies all of themselves and and sort of who they are. Um, and it's almost like with the Empress, like there's just there's just a, a, a presence, like an energy that sort of that that's what this card represents. Um, the Empress is someone almost mystical in a sense as well. <laughs> like as far as that energy is concerned, like it's just, it's, you could say even ethereal. <laughs> um, and yeah, with the artwork on this card from the sun and moon tarot, it shows a lady and she's sitting on, <laughs> she's actually sitting on what looks to be a crescent moon, but it's interesting because she's in kind of like a forest, but She's holding what looks to be an orb of some sort in one hand. And in the other, she's holding a couple flowers. Uh, there's some butterflies here, a couple bunnies. <laughs> uh, I see a bird. I don't know if it's a pelican or a seagull, but it's something. <laughs> some sort of bird looks like, that looks like a maritime bird, you know? Um, and yeah, like she's, she's just chilling, you know, like she's feeling it. Uh, and I think the reason why I like this card so much is just because of the energy that it represents. Like to me, uh, the Empress represents someone who's like truly kind of embodying authenticity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the thing um, with the Empress being here, if this resonates for you, since we have the King of Swords and the King of Cups, it, like, you know, this resonates as like a romantic reading. <laughs> this Empress is, you know, the, the Empress typically in romantic readings when this card comes out, it's like, oh, okay, like that's, you know, and, and take it how it resonates, could be male, female, non-binary, but if we're thinking about feminine energy, typically the Empress is someone where it's like, yeah, like that's, that's, that's my, that's my boo right there, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, okay, like, that's, that's what you want. Like, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> you know what? And, and, you know, perhaps with the seven of wands, maybe there is a little bit of like a battle or a struggle, which typically happens, like, as we're kind of growing, you know, going through our own kind of spiritual, spiritual growth <laughs> and healing process. Um, yeah, oof, maybe what I'm picking up on is it again could be multiple people with this King of Swords, King of Cups, or one person embodying both and with kind of the temperance and judgment, like that that balance of the thoughts and the emotions. Um ooh, maybe this is kind of showing us what <laughs> what that journey's looking like a little bit. And maybe the the goal is uh the Empress. <laughs> I'm interested to see um, what we get from the Oracle cards um, to kind of paint the picture a little bit more for us. But yeah, this is kind of going in a romantic direction. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Angels and the Ancestors next. 
Aw, I think compassion and empathy really do come into play here. <laughs> if the goal is the empress, I mean, yeah. Or, or in any partnership, whether it's, you know, romantic, familial, um, business, platonic. I mean, there, there does have to be that compassion, that compassion, that empathy. Um, and, and, and I think that balance, that fair balance of the head and the heart. Ooh, okay. So from the angels and the ancestors, we got the shaman card and the message here is trust in higher forces. Hmm. Okay. I mean, we could, you know, tie this into this, the seven of wands, since, as I mentioned with seven kind of representing sort of that kind of spiritual growth and development, but with the artwork on the card itself and typically what it represents, there's like, there's some sort of a battle and perhaps a little bit of, of confusion, a little bit of swirl. <laughs> and so I think with the shaman trust in higher forces, it's almost like, uh, you know what there are going to be you know perhaps some things that aren't in your control and so with this temperance and judgment card as well I feel like this could also be a message from spirit of of like just you know um trust in higher forces <laughs> yeah don't don't get yourself so um kind of bogged down and and maybe even fired up you know in the seven of wands energy of trying to figure out maybe um so much like maybe what i'm picking up on is someone who's who maybe is feeling a little confused and is trying to like figure out <laughs> like how to direct <laughs> all that fire energy from this wands that we've got here and and I, maybe that's also why there's the temperance card like well, yeah like the more cards we're getting the more i'm like oh, okay i'm picking up on somebody that's like trying to figure something out <laughs> as it relates to how they think how they feel um and perhaps this is perhaps this feels exciting or perhaps this feels like a challenge, which is I mean, that's that's really real. <laughs> like I mentioned with kind of the growth and, and healing and learning process, it ain't all pretty. And, and that's what the seven of wands represents here. So, yeah, I feel like with trust in higher forces, this is a loving message from spirit where it's like it, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> like maybe you can rest and, you know, give give your mind and your heart a break a little bit. And yeah, just trust that, you know, whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. Um, cool. Let's close out with the sacred destiny Oracle. And then I will let y'all go on about your day. <laughs> oh, um, you know what? I'm going to take all these. A lot of cards came out. <laughs> um, but this might even tell a story for us. So let's see what we get. Um, okay. From the sacred destiny, we've got freedom, focus, enlightenment, blessings, adventures, new beginnings. Hmm. I, I feel like all these cards from the Sacred Destiny Oracle, it, it's almost like, a, it, yeah, just an extension of what we got from the Shaman card from the Angels and the Ancestors. Uh, oh my gosh, you know what? I just realized I totally forgot about the Daily Crystal <laughs> Inspiration Oracle. Okay, so I'm going to close out with that. Anyways, 
these cards from the sacred uh, destiny, I really do feel like they're just an extension of like trust in the higher forces. And like, I guess what, what spirit's saying to trust is that this is all that this either gonna happen or like manifest or um, if that doesn't resonate with you, then maybe for this king of swords and the king of cups, these are all the things that they want with that empress, <laughs> that male, female, non-binary empress. Um, but the way to get there is with that temperance and judgment, which temperance plus the judgment, the compromise. Yeah. And that's fair. That's actually uh, pretty realistic. But yeah, again, freedom, focus, enlightenment, blessings, adventures, new beginnings. Um, cool. Cool. Okay. So <laughs> the actual final message or messages from the Daily Crystal Inspiration Deck. Let's, let's see what we get. And then I will let y'all go on about your day. <laughs> um, ooh, and you know what? Um, I take anything that happens during a reading as something to pay attention to. So I think the fact that I forgot <laughs> about this, uh, about the Daily Crystal Inspiration cards. It, it's maybe what resonates for you is that like there's there's something that you like are just realizing where it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, um, something that you might have overlooked that that's coming to the surface now. Yeah, yeah. So there's that too. I mean, that could be another reason why there's this seven of wands here. Cause uh, sometimes it could be, you know, something that's welcome <laughs> or, or maybe it's, it throws you off a little bit and, and that's understandable. Yeah. And so again, that's where that temperance and judgment comes in of like compromise or compassion, empathy. Okay. Oh, there we go. We got two cards and they are, the phantom courts embrace change and the smoky courts let it go. Hmm. And we got two courts cards. So, I mean, that's, I think that's cool as far as like the repeat. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know what, even with embrace change and let it go that <laughs> I feel like that also ties into the compromise, like phantom courts embrace change temperance here in the universal tarot and then with the judgment card in the universal tarot I think it ties in quite nicely with the let it go piece as far as like again with not not judging too harshly forgiveness that that's what I'm that's the word I'm looking for forgiveness um yeah this could be a message from spirit of like all these cards we got from the sacred destiny about like all that good stuff <laughs> that either these multiple energies of King of Swords, King of Wands, or the, the one person embodying King of Swords, King of Wands, wants with that Empress, all, all this, <laughs> which this all looks great. It, you know, I think in order to get there, yet again, going back to that major arcana, and, and that's, that's how it works, <laughs> where it's the major themes, but embracing change, um, really, really being mindful of that balance and that temperance, and then that judgment, forgiveness, um, let it go. But I mean, the only way that that happens is, is with compromise. And yet again, <laughs> I like tying it in with the episode, but that compassion and empathy, I just, I, I like how, um, I like how that worked <laughs> where I was able to kind of tie that in. Anyway, now we can close out. <laughs> um, I hope this was helpful for whoever needed to hear it. And if none of it resonated for you, that's okay. 
just means that the reading wasn't for you. Um, perhaps this gives you a bit of a peek into what somebody that you know is going through. But yeah, either way, um, thanks for listening. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone has a great week and beyond. And we will talk soon.